You're listening to Post Dramatic Stress, hosted by Charlotte D. A weekly podcast to connect creatives and communicate about the highs, lows, and laughs of being in a creative industry. Hello and welcome to episode four of Post Dramatic Stress. Um, this one's all about the power of words and today I am joined by two amazing gentlemen. I have Robert Dunn with me and Peter Balling... Oh no, I've stuffed Ballinger. it up already. Ballinger. Oh, I should have... I, <laughs> I knew that would happen. I got all weird about it. Peter Ballinger. Um, hi guys, how are you going? Good. Good, Good morning. Good. Thank you. Excellent. Good morning. Thank you so much for coming. Um, so, uh, Robert is a writer, Rob rather, sorry, he just told me he feels like he's in trouble when I call him Robert and I've just gone and done it. Uh, Rob is a writer, he um, co-wrote a zombie novel with his brother called The Nothing Man. He um, has two novellas that are out in July with a US publisher and he writes um, very humorous Um, pieces for Froth Craft Beer magazine and currently he's writing a book live um, called The Pepperwood Chronicles. So true, yes. Yeah, Rob is all sorts of talented so we're very lucky to talk to him today and we also have Peter here who um, in the past he was a host of a radio show um, which we were just discussing is really quite similar to the goal here of post-traumatic stress called Calling All Artists. Um, but in particular, he is also a spoken word artist and um, creator and host of um, a pub quiz entertainment business. And he also, um, in the past, um, called himself or had a, uh, what would you call it, a project called A Bloke's Voice, where he had spoken pieces, spoken that's word right. pieces. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's my website, is ablokesvoice.com.au. Great. Excellent. And may I just say how lovely both of your voices sound compared to mine on this podcast. So <laughs> I feel <laughs> the listeners are very lucky. They've usually got my little chirpy chipmunk voice and they've got two lovely booming voices today. So that's great. Um, so so we can get to know both of you a little bit better. Rob, what, what makes you creative? What's your creative journey? Who are you as a, as a creative person? Um, I just do it for fun, to be honest. I haven't got any any end goals, any um, big aspirations to do anything. My main reason for doing stuff is because the thoughts bounce around in my head. If I'm yep. driving for too long, that's they, they keep on bouncing around. When I'm trying yep. to fall asleep, they bounce around. I put them on paper, make it make sense, and then, and then it goes. So, yep. And then the next thing bounces around so yeah and for you that comes out via writing that's the way for you to access those thoughts yeah 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 very cool i don't think there's a better reason than doing it than for fun to be honest i think that's great i don't do it if it feels like work i don't do it if it feels like fun i'll do it otherwise that's that's my outlet i suppose it's what i do for my time yeah that's a good sign i think that you're onto something that's good for you if Mm. you're enjoying it yeah and how about you peter same thing let us get to know you a bit more what's your creative journey so far and the creative journey happened um, only a few years ago. Before that, I was just too shy to talk in a room of 12 people. I wouldn't say a word. Yep. But uh, I did karaoke one day. Yeah. And uh, I realised halfway through the song, my life had changed forever. Wow. What song was it? <laughs> I was only 19. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's actually a song that I perform spoken style now. It's part okay. of my act. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there was a big music break in the middle and I thought, yes, I'm doing this, I'm holding the microphone, I'm doing the words, um, let's get on with it. What did you feel? What was it that you felt that had changed for you? Just relaxed. You just felt something, you just felt relaxed, you just felt like, 
interesting. And away I went. And three weeks later, I was standing on stage at Naughty Naughty Cabaret doing spoken word. Ah, that's so wow. amazing, isn't it? I think it's you guys are quite similar in a way. Like you both just felt this sense of fun and off you went. I think that's great. And I think we judge our creative juices so often and I think that's so nice to hear because often you know like you say you were too shy or whatever and we censor ourselves so much so it's just so nice to hear that you guys are just like having so much fun with it I think that's lovely I think um I'm still working on that (laughs) (laughs) one day at a time yeah letting that judgment go I think we get I, I personally get lots of ideas and um often you know straight away that little voice comes in oh people will think that's shit well, that's a bit weird. Like, you better not do that. So I love that you guys are just going I don't, out there. I don't really have that. I'm not shy. I just don't like um, attention. So okay. I don't mind stepping out and then doing it. But then when I realise everybody's looking at me, that's when I go, Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Halfway through karaoke, I would have gone, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> I would have bailed. Oh, no. People are staring. Yeah. Run away. <laughs> yeah, well, now for me, you can fill the uh, uh, football field full of people. And yeah. they can all stare at me and, and wait for me to say something, and I'm happy to say something. And you love it. Do you and think it's because you feel like you have something to say now versus yeah, yeah, before? Yeah. Something entertaining to say. Okay, you yeah. Know, it's not just the story, but it's the the flow of the story and uh, articulating what it is that I'm saying and putting yeah. the emotion through it. Do you think it was just the song that was that crack for you or do you think without realizing it you've been working behind the scenes and you had a sense of just feeling more ready and more like you knew what your message was do you think that that's that had anything not, to do with it or you just not quite um no. because I've been shy for so long I wouldn't speak in a, in a room of people yeah um but then I was going to watch my friends do karaoke for a long time yeah and I thought that always looked like so much fun I'll have a go at it one day one day one day yeah. and yeah <laughs> So, no, um, on the way to that gig, I decided if it's going to be one day, it may as well be today. Yeah, I like that so much. I just put my name down, close my eyes and hope for the best. And off you went. And I'm so glad that you did. That's amazing. Um, And I love that sense of, you know, one day is today because I think... You know, so often we think that our lives are just stretched out for uh, in front of us in this never-ending journey. We all, you know, subconsciously know at one point it's going to come to an end, but we never really appreciate how precious, like, the moment is and that if you're just going to make something happen, just go ahead and do it now. So, I, yeah, I really resonate with that. Well, the reason I've brought you here today is <laughs> to torture you, <laughs> no, uh, to talk to you about the magic of um, and the power of spoken words, particularly because for both of you that's... Um, a big outlet and that seems to be the way you access your creativity and share your creativity with others um, and in particular um, I wanted to talk about the magic of written speech and what your words can do so uh, how much power you think words have so um, maybe we'll start with you um, Peter what what do you think um, why do you think words can be so powerful because they can take a person back to a place or something familiar Mm. or um, a a memory from childhood. Um, I performed the words to I Was Only 19 spoken style at the cabaret show. Mm. The only other sound in the entire place was people putting their cutlery down. Yeah. When I finished it, an elderly lady uh, came over. She cuffed my face, blew me a kiss, had a tear in her eye and walked away. Yeah. It, it, and, and I looked over at where she was sitting and there was a gentleman sitting with her who had two walking sticks. Mm. And he was about the age of the Vietnam War. Right. Oh. And, and it just evoked the whole uh, 
I don't even know what it was that it was for her. Yeah. But uh, it must have hit something. And it's amazing that you can not even, you know, be aware that you're talking to that particular person, but something for them is happening so deep, you know, inside their mind and their heart or their spirit or whatever it is, and you can move them that way just by standing up and performing a piece. Mm. That's, yeah, I think it does have so much power. What do you think, Rob? I think that's pretty much bang on you. Um, You don't really... But the words that we have can't actually express like the real pain that you have or the real joy, either of those things. So there's no word that means real pain. Like there's pain, but it doesn't actually mean... I'm using pain for this instance, but it can yeah. go both ways, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when you do a story or you write a piece like that or you do a spoken word, it relates to people and it will yeah. relate on different things on different levels. And I love that. I've um, That book that we wrote, we had people messaging us and saying it did this for me and... Or this character was that, and other. we didn't write it like that, but it, yeah. you're so happy to see other people pick up on different things that they relate to. So yeah. I think that's what, um, you don't even know it when you're doing it, but it, it's that um, that relationship, I suppose, that you're building with the other people. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's they're the other side of your work without you knowing it, really, when you think about the power of the written word, because like you say, they're reading what you've written and you might have intended it one way but because of their experiences and their molding as a human being they mm. read that and it means something something else yeah for them it's just got so much power to change and and be so many different things it's yeah it's a little different when you write something that's supposed to be funny you write a funny line and you <laughs> want people to laugh at that point yeah. and when they do it's awesome but, yeah. uh, but when they don't well you just you know okay well they're didn't quite pick up the lines before or whatever and yeah. and you move through it. Yeah. And that's okay because we're all different and we all have funny things that we find funny and things that we don't find funny, I suppose. And it's important when you're thinking about your writing, I would imagine, to think, well, not everyone's going to love this and that's okay. And that's there's power in that too because people might hear your joke or read your words and it's still going to make them feel something. I think it's that thing that we talk about art. It's art as long as it makes you feel something, yeah. you know. So it doesn't matter whether it's like or dislike. At least you've moved someone. I don't it's, know if you agree yeah. with that or not. No, I've never written anything with what other people are going to perceive it, how they're going to take it. The only thing you probably sense yourself on is um, making sure you're not going to insult somebody or um, yeah. offend you know, a minority or something like that. Other than that, if it's funny to me... It's in. Yeah. I, I don't care. You don't censor it. I don't, I don't care if anybody yeah. else is um, going to laugh at it or not. Yeah. I laughed at it. And all I want at the end of the day is a nice, neat little of my thoughts in paper. And I I don't even read it again. It's just yeah. out, done, catalogued. Yeah, I really finished. like that's quite an interesting <laughs> approach. I feel like I, obs- I shouldn't, but I obsess over everything that I put out there, whatever kind of creative work it is. I watch it so many times and just find more and more stuff, you know, that I'm like, ah. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. And instead, I, you know, we never seem to do the opposite of like, oh, that was great. Oh, I didn't realize I did that. That's really cool. So I, I kind of like the idea of art just being art. And you just put it out there. It is what it is. It's uncensored and it's done. Yeah. And I really like that. I, I think that's what I like about the sense of doing a spoken word piece is that's not the first and only time I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I strive to write it and get it 90% correct. Yeah. But it gives me somewhere to evolve it as I perform it. Yeah, you know, in different times and different places. Yeah. It's definitely different if you're performing because you do want to watch it back, I think, because you want to learn from it as well and you want to grow on it. But if it's a book and it's out and it's done, 
You can't, you can't change it, I suppose. Yeah, you're not yeah. going to go change that sentence because it didn't quite sit with you well now and say, let's republish the whole thing. You, so there's no there's no real point. You just, yeah. You lived it for months or years, so... And then it's done. It's done, yeah. I feel like I would want to be that person, but I would want to be... I would be the other person that would be like, oh, God. I'd be calling them going, can't we just, can't we just edit? Yeah. Like, can't we just do a new copy? Uh, I, I, I think that's really admirable. I wish I um, had that as well. Um, talking about the power of, you know, words and, and um, how it can affect other people. And, you know, you, you say you just put your work out there and it's done and it's um, you don't censor it, you don't worry about it. But do you think, um, do you think your work can attract, uh, what am I trying to say, creative energy into your life? So you've, whatever it is, you've written a, some kind of piece of work, it's out, of, it's out there. I guess I'm talking about the law of attraction, like what you're writing will attract maybe people to you that you might want to work creatively with or it might attract certain things into your life because of what you've written. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, my art doesn't really lend itself to being collaborative in that way. Yeah. But what I, all I do is uh, have the audience in mind. I, I, like a, you know, Robert's saying, we don't offend anybody, yeah. but we entertain them yeah. um, and we evoke a spirit in them. Yeah, and that's what we do, and and that I put that art out there to entertain folks and, and let them have a little think about things for a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's nice, that, and it's good. To, it's, I think we've done it here. I think you've, yeah. you know, we've, you've just proved the point that you do put it out there, and it, we've never met before. We've never met yeah. before, so this all I think we have met before, but yeah, never has, never had an <laughs> actual conversation. Way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's good to it, it definitely does, and you have a almost like a bit more of a connection with somebody that is that like-minded and you, you know you can talk about it as in depth because I know I've had conversations with people that are making that small talk and they're oh you, you do a bit of writing do you and they're just making small talk when you tell them why you do, do writing and that you can see it's yeah they're not it's not and that's fine that's definitely not um a, a bash on them but um they're right you can tell when it's another person that actually is interested and, and creative I've been at parties before where I've never met the person and it's two o'clock in the morning and um and we're still talking about it and we haven't spoken to anybody else the yeah. whole time so yeah you definitely do so even if it's not collaborative as you were saying peter i think it can still attract it's still got power to attract people or energy into your life in that oh, creative absolutely. way you know um and like you say yeah here we all are talking about the power of the yeah. spoken word because It'd i be the same as a sense of humor you know you find somebody at a party that's got the same sense of humor you might yeah. not have, you met him in the line at the toilet and, and you just get on with them and, and then you spend the whole night chatting and, and just laughing. It's, I yeah. think it's the same sort of thing. You can really bond on those two things. So with that in mind, do you then consider what you put out creatively for that reason? If you've now thought about that, hey, it can attract different things into my life and different energies and different... Still not. Not. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you've just got I, your own unique... Yeah. Well, look, when I do the radio show, I get it, people from all walks of art to come on the show and talk about why they get involved and what got them interested in the first place. And being a spoken word person, it gave mm. me access to a lot of different people through the cabaret show. And they were the first folks that I had on the show. Um, they were actually the whole reason that I uh, created the show in the first place, is that um, you hear singers, bands, all that sort of thing being in interviewed on the radio. Yeah. But where are the circus performers? Where are the jugglers? Where are the yeah. the, the writers and sculptors? And 
So that's why I created it. Yeah. In that way, it collaborates because I need to get all of those people involved in and interested in, in the show. Yeah. Um, and then we just go from there and expand everybody's awareness. Yeah, yeah, I like that. What about mm. you, Rob? Do you think you were saying no, that's it, you don't? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I've literally just put the stuff out there. I've said it before. I put it into the universe. Um, the worst thing that's happened is I've had fun doing it. Yeah. That's that's the whole that's nice. vibe behind it. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad worst, is it? Yeah. So if we're talking about that then, and just you're happy just to have your unique sort of message, um, maybe that helps us segue into the next topic, which is articulating your message. Um, I guess, how do you guys know? Do you know what your message is when you're trying to create a piece of work? Do you know what you want to say? Or do you find it's more of like a stream of consciousness thing and you're just writing and it just comes out? Um, like if you're not censoring and you're not um, necessarily a, bringing that awareness to it other than, you know, the, not offending anyone, how do you... It, it, does your message just come out of... Is it just in you? Do you know? What, like what, how does it work? <laughs> I think it does. I've, it depends on what you're doing. You know, if I'm just doing a little beer piece, I just want it to be lighthearted, fun, and a little bit informative. I, you know, yeah. I like people to learn a little bit while they're doing it as well. Um, I did write a piece um, on male mental health, which took me a long time, but if, mm. I think I said to you, if there's one thing you do read of mine, that's the thing I want people to, to read. What's that called for um, our listeners? I can't even remember. Oh, it's called The Sad Dad. It's in the Froth yeah. Mag, um, and I've got it up on my Facebook and stuff like that right. as well. But it, um, it, was, it was thoughts that I kept on having. And, you know, when you have a conversation, the annoying part is somebody else will t talk back to you, and I can get all my points out. So I wrote this thing, and and it's a, it'd be about three thousand words, I think, something. It's and it's supposed to be a blog, but it's it's probably too long for that. Um, but that was that was probably the only thing I've written and sort of gone. These are my thoughts. I want them to be succinct and to make sense, and for people to still laugh about little lines in there on such a serious subject and yeah. really get my perspective across. And that's one of the best things um, I've had feedback from too. Was that little all around Australia, um, America, people just sent me little messages saying thank you. So Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Mm. Really cool. What about you? Well, for me, when I write a piece, um, sometimes I'll start with the last line and then open my mind and create the story that leads up to that point. Yeah. So Some... do you have a message in mind when you start with that last line or is it just something that has struck you, like a thought, something's happened that's affected you or... Yeah. That's exactly it. It's a thought that's, yeah. that's struck. You know, it's a, a twist in a tail of a toy of a twist in a tail of a tail. Okay. Uh, so yeah, then I'll just open the mind and, and let myself um, run towards that, or, or walk slowly, or stroll, or strut, or whatever yeah. I need to do to, to get towards that end. Mm. Sometimes I'll start with the first line, and then let that flow. Yeah. Sometimes it'll be you know something in the middle. Yeah. And and, and it, they're all different. All stories are different. So do you think the message is different for each piece you create then in that case and the articulation of the message just happens naturally as it goes along because you get this thought and it sounds like this similar for both of you. You've got some theme going on and then the rest just happens. Yeah, and it you might, don't... might not be a message. It might be um, a goal. The two different novellas I wrote, one I wanted to feel this way and to go to... Um, I actually wrote the first one because I find most boys, um, my son reads now, and I used to read when I was his age. And then there's a gap where we don't read little boys. They sort of, it's not cool or, yeah. or anything like that. So I wrote this book with a goal of them 
of him being able to take it to school and say, no, this one's actually pretty cool. Mm. That's where the goal was behind it. It had no message other than I wanted to write it for that age group, I suppose, and for them to still enjoy reading over that period where they might not read. Yeah. The next novella, the goal was just write something that I've never read before, try to try to do something different. The first one fell out of me in about three weeks. The second one took about two years, and they're about the same size. Okay. They just do what they do what they want to do. They do it. Okay, yeah. so it's just they do flow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there's no necessarily controlling of the message. It's just this creative process. Once you've got your sort of, it's more like a why is behind it, and then it's just yeah, it's got to make sense in itself. You can't sort of guide it. It you might do a bit, and then it has to take a different direction for it to all still make sense. So mm. and then you end up at, might end up at a completely different spot to where you started, or yeah, you might end up exactly. Especially if you started at the end, you might you might get there no matter what, but you started somewhere completely different. So That's right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that happens with a lot of my creative projects. I think they're going to be something and all of a sudden they're not. <laughs> that happens a lot and I'm not quite sure what that reason is. Um, staying on articulating your message for a little bit longer, when we think about writing versus speaking, um, I guess there's a difference there. Well, tell me, tell me what you think, but I think there's a difference there in the ability to articulate. I think there's more opportunity I think you touched on this a little bit earlier I think if you're writing something down you know you've not got the interruptions there so your message can just flow and get out there and be articulated exactly as you want it versus speaking you know you've got the other people's interaction you've got the the, I suppose there's not as much time and um to, to really articulate your thought and your message because you're on the spot. You know, there's so much more you might have wanted to say. You're, exactly, you're trying yeah. to think and talk all at the same time. Um, I guess I'd like to hear about what your experience is in that, in the writing versus speaking, and uh, which one you think is more powerful. I think... <laughs> sorry, I started again. No, no, go ahead. It's my natural setting to think that the writing is, is that way. I think it... Um, the person can't argue back with you either. You know, when you have a conversation with somebody, you can tell somebody's thinking about what they're going to say next. Yeah. If they're reading, they won't have that. They'll just start at the start. If they get bored of it or if they don't agree, they'll stop or they'll get all the way to the end. So the trick is to make them get all the way to the end mm. and then you've said your bit. It's it's sunk in or it hasn't. But I think when you are talking, it's, it's, it's a two-way street, whereas it's, if they're reading it, it's all them. Well, it's all us, and then it's all yeah. them. Yeah, I think the difference there is when you're writing, you can say as much as you like. There may be one word to say ten words, but when you're writing it, you want to put down all those ten words because they are evocative. Yeah. yeah. But having a conversation, you find yourself becoming succinct and yeah. shortened. And so that you can get your message across quickly, quickly and make yeah. people listen. Yeah. 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 I suppose there's power in both of those, but different kinds of power in there because, you know, if you're writing all your message down and, yes, it's well articulated and it's exactly what you want to say, but then you do have that risk of, well, I don't have to read it. Yeah. You know, so there's, there's like an increased power, but there's also a loss of power there in your message. But then with speaking, I guess, you know, you can lose some power because you may not be able to articulate everything as well and as quickly, but also maybe there's more power in there because you know, you've got that emotional sort of contact with the person. It, yeah, they can, and, and maybe you can change your message depending on how the person's, you know, responding to you. And if they're looking really offended by what you're saying, you can, you know, rejig it and think, okay, well, I'm going to come at it from another angle. So yeah. there's, 
I guess there's different power in, in both of those, but then... And also, if yeah. you're speaking to somebody that you know and have known for a long time, you can use the common vernacular, mm. terms that you both understand. Yeah, and, yeah. And they can say you know, 10 different things at once. Yeah, whereas if you're writing, you don't know your audience yet, so how do you make sure yeah, you're finding that... more broad, I suppose. Yeah, that common ground. So yeah. therefore, does your message change because of that, because you have to reach a wider audience? Like when you're writing things down... Do you find that maybe it is censored a little bit because you have to reach a wider range of people? I don't. Again, I don't because I write down what um what my message is. But yeah. I could see that um yeah. it, it might change for that if you're writing for like a magazine or you know if you had an audience that you were aiming it at. But um, yeah. we're just putting it out in the universe, so it's just it it doesn't it, it just has to be our thought. It doesn't have to be targeted at anybody. So yeah, yeah. Like I said before, we just stay respectful. Mm. Yeah. And make sure nobody's offended by it. Yeah. And and uh, you can use language that doesn't have to be crass and vulgar, but you can still be evocative and, and thought-provoking in it yeah. as well. That brings us to our next topic, actually. It's a really good segue. I wanted to talk about ethical writing and the responsibility of your words. And you say, I think it's been a common theme here, not to offend anybody, but I just want to put the question to you, why is it wrong to offend someone? Is it wrong? Are we yes. are we an over offended society, or is it right to be respectful? I just I'm just wondering. I'm putting the question out there. <laughs> I'd love to hear what you think. There's there is a difference. There's if there's intent behind behind that offence, then that's definitely wrong. You know, if you're deliberately going out there to offend a certain type of person or a minority or a group or or, or whatever you're trying to trying to do, um, I don't think that's you know, if it's just so people will start reading or listening, I don't think that's ethical. And I, I know I would just, whether it offended me or not, I, I'd, I'd be out of it. I do think we are overly sensitive, but it's more to the point that I think, you know, if somebody does get offended but it wasn't deliberate, I think we can just, we can get over that, can't we? I, you know, if it wasn't yeah, if so. it wasn't intended, we, we learn, okay, that's not what we do, and we all move on, we all get a little bit educated, but we don't need to jump up and down and, and change things because th of that. Yeah, I think it depends where the offence comes from. I think if you... Because there's lots of things out there. My favourite thing is uh, Ricky Gervais, you know, uh, was talking about Twitter and people being offended and he's like... He, he compares it to there being something, you know, in a town square with, like, guitar lessons and someone going up to the board going, I don't want fucking guitar lessons, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah. well, then don't have them. Not, not everything is for exactly, you. So yeah. I think it's... A, my view anyway is that it's okay for people to be offended and I do agree with the intent that as long as you're just saying your piece and that's that's who you are it's okay actually that not everyone agrees with you but it doesn't mean and they have the right to then respond to you and say I don't agree with you and that's fine yeah. but it doesn't mean that you should have to censor I think what you're saying unless yeah like you say maybe it's racist or it's yeah, exactly. inciting yeah. violence yeah. or yeah. you know something like that i think free speech is really important what do you think Pete? well that's exactly it um free speech is what it's all about and mm. everybody has a a right i guess to to say what it is on their mind but you don't have to offend people to do it yeah you don't have to like look Piers somebody morgan. in the eye and, well <laughs> don't, get, don't get me started on Piers morgan but um yeah Look, you know, be the underlying message is be kind with your mm. writing. Just be kind, um, and and the more people will listen to it. Mm. 
I like the idea of being kind, but also I like the idea of just like I would never. I hate the idea of offending someone, but I also don't like like the idea of having to be censored just because my view is different. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I think it's just a strange gray area of like. But I think you can get your view out without offending people, and if you can't do that, work on it till you can. Mm. Do you think that's possible always? Because there you're going to some... offend somebody, but yeah. We, it, it it depends on their offense. If if they're offended or they just didn't like it. Or, or they, or they just agree, flat but, out shocked. Yeah, there has to be every... Yeah. Some people yeah. you do have to say, just keep scrolling then. Yeah, yeah this like, isn't for you. The guitar lessons aren't for you. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I think continuing with ethical writing or responsibility of your words, um, if you do put something out there and it is offensive and, you know, you've done all the right things, it's just your piece and, you know, someone's just offended, um, do you... How do you own that? And, and generally, do you own your writing? Like, once your piece is out there, your views... Let's say you... What am I trying to say? You have a view. You've offended someone. But what about 10 years later when you feel differently and that writing's still out there? That, like, what is the responsibility of your words that you've put out there at later stages in your life when your views have changed? I think the way I write is four-dimensional. And I know that one of the dimensions is time. And I put something in there that I feel comfortable with. At the time. At the time. And in future time, I know that I'm going to still be comfortable with that. Okay. And so I don't put anything in there that will be considered offensive. So you think very carefully about it and really consider it. Okay. I don't think I've ever really put anything out there that, that could offend somebody. And if it does in 10 years' time, then... Well done Oops. on finding it. You know, <laughs> yeah, well done. Going well, back yeah, that far. Like, the, the closest we've had is um, a one-star review on Amazon on the book. And my brother and I, we high-fived after that. We said, we made it. Somebody hates it, and they went out of their way to tell us they hate it. Yeah, we think that's it, true. We thought it was great. But, yeah, yeah what you're talking about, I don't, I don't think it would... I don't think it would come across. I don't... Yeah, I mean, I haven't written anything that would be the equivalent of having a, a photo of me in blackface in my hospital <laughs> yearbook. Well, that's great. You know, and, yeah. that's, and that's the way I, just the way I work. It's, yeah. it's all about being kind. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with everything I've done. Yeah. No regrets whatsoever. That's good. Okay, interesting. Um, we've reached the 30-minute mark. I That went really quickly for me. I'm not sure if that went quickly for everyone at home, but I hope it did because I was really enjoying that. Um, but I've got one more question after this, but um, beforehand um, we've reached our sort of check-it-out scene, um, in particular checking you guys out. Where can Tell us a little bit more about your stuff and where we can find it. What are you doing? After me, okay. Yeah. Uh, my website is ablokesvoice.com.au. It's a good voice. That is a good uh, voice. See, I can do uh, voiceovers. I can do your uh, answering machine messages. I'd love you to do my answering machine <laughs> message. <laughs> um, I can also, if you are a writer and you would like your work voiced, mm-hmm. send me an email. Send me a copy and I will voice that for you. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, I... But I also do pub quiz. So coming to a pub quiz near you, it's Quiz Tralian. Quiz Tralian. Quiz Tralian. I am the only all-Australian pub quiz operator in the world. Wow. Cool. That's just the way I like it. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've uh, took a year off work and wrote a database of 13,500 quiz questions. 13,500. That... 
that yeah, since I just it. I can't even imagine how long that took you. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also, your brain must be amazing. <laughs> oh, and it's still evolving. Well, I don't remember everything, but it's it's yeah. still evolving. I mean, there are still things that are coming up that uh, need to be added to my quiz questions. Okay, so you're available to run and host those. Should, sure. Yeah. For um, sports club fundraisers. Yeah. For any sort of fundraising activities, um, pubs. Yep. I'm here. Um, it's a fun night. It's four rounds of multiple choice with a twist. Great. Okay. Yeah, Excellent. I like the twist. The twist is good. Oh yeah. Wonderful. And how about you? Um, your usual, the usual garb, just on Facebook and um, Instagram. I pretty much follow everybody that wants me to follow them on on both. <laughs> Lovely. Um, the Pepperwood Chronicles is my favourite thing that I'm doing at the moment, where um, I'm just writing a paragraph whenever I get to it and, and posting that live so you can read chapter by chapter. Yeah, I think that's cool. Talk a little bit more about that. It's um, It started off just as a bit of fun. Um, in my head, I've got it all planned out. I know who done it and, and how it's all going to happen. Yeah. We'll see if we get towards that bit. And I've written certain scenes that sort of just popped into my head. But, um, yeah, it is. It's just I think we're up to chapter three now. I'll probably do chapter four tonight after a couple of beers and, and yeah. post that up. And um, again, I, it doesn't bother me if people read it, if they don't read it, but it, it's just, again, fun. That's what I want to do. And where do we find that specifically? Facebook, the Pepperwood Chronicles. Facebook, the Pepperwood Chronicles. Yep. Okay, awesome. Yep. I love that. Very good. My last and final question is a follower question. Um, how do you structure your writing process and what brings the most amount of creativity and why? Ah, well, a quiet place is what I need. Mm -hmm. um, and an idea. It all has to start with an idea. If I haven't got one, then I move on to something else and carve a piece of wood or go for a ride or do something else. But I, I need okay. to have that creative Spark. flick yeah. to, to get me going. Yeah. And then after that, once you've got it, it just you I just need, need a quiet, quiet place. And... Yeah, quiet place and a way I just let it let it flow out of my head. Yeah, and you just type it down. Yes. Okay. I feel like sometimes my ideas are so visual I can't. I need someone to like get inside my brain and like put them out for me. I find my articulation is terrible. I need to work on that. I have to talk to you guys. <laughs> how about you? How do your um, how do you structure your writing process and what brings you the most amount of creativity and why? Mine's all over the shop as well. It's it, I have the notes on my phone is ridiculous, just with little ideas that pop in. It might be a paragraph for this one, or maybe yeah. they can do this next. So I'll do it that way. Um, like I said, I don't. I will never force myself to do it. Um, that's editing. That's that's work, and I don't like doing it. Um, but the actual process of doing it, I enjoy. So you know, I might say oh, I've got some free time. Like I said, then this afternoon. But if we get too busy at home and then, you know, we've got to do dinner and all that and I'm too knackered at the end of the day, I'll just push it aside. Yeah. If I'm getting to the pointy end, if I've got to do the editing, I'll at least open the laptop and see what happens. Usually something will happen, but um, in, the, in the actual creative process of building the story, it's, it's all about just doing it when I want to do it. I don't yeah. want to make it another thing that I have to do, so. Yeah. It's, yeah, you don't want it to feel like work. Yeah. It needs to, yeah. 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 Okay, guys, I've reached the 35-minute mark now, so I really do. I want to talk to you all day, but I, I, I am going to have to um, close it off. I will make sure I 
post um, the details of both of you on our Instagram page and Facebook page so they can find you and love you and all those sorts of things. Um, if you want to, if you're <laughs> shucks, <laughs> if you're listening, you can also find us at um, on Twitter at dramatic underscore post on Instagram at post dramatic stress pod. And if you want to email us, get in touch, tell us something, tell us how you felt about today or come on the show, you can do so via post dramatic stress pod at gmail.com. Um, so thank you so much for listening and thank you so much, Rob. And thank you so much, Peter. I really appreciated you guys coming today and, and I've really enjoyed our chat. Thanks so thank you so advice. much. Thanks thank for you. having me. Thank you. And see you next week for episode five. Here we go. Thank you for listening to Post Dramatic Stress. To connect with us or to register to come on the podcast, visit us at www.lettingcharlotteout.com or email us via postdramaticstresspod at gmail.com.